Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. I just noticed that our entire Skype chat history is me saying beep, lowercase b. <laughs> I, I don't know the last time you replied. It's just beep, 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 beep. Yeah, beep. the reply is we start the show. That's right. <laughs> but you know, you bring up an interesting point, <clears throat> you know, uh, context. Without context, that probably doesn't make a ton of sense. Right. If somebody, if there was an FBI team that was that was going through when, my when stuff. When there's an FBI team. Uh-huh, and they're like, <laughs> what's this relationship with Merlin Mann? And they go into the Skype chat and they're like, what the? Right. And you just respond. You say, they ask you a question. You say, beep. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Do with that what you will. <laughs> Anytime they mention your name, I'll just say beep. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll be I'll be pretty forthcoming about everything else. You're like, the Merlin Let's get Man- back to Merlin. <laughs> You're the Merlin Manchurian candidate. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, that's the end of the show. No, we're done. That's it. That's it. We got nowhere else to go. I'm not really Merlin. awake yet. It's uh it's it's Monday, July fifth, and I'm not really awake yet. I'm not very awake either, and I'm also a little – it's weird because it's 85 degrees, but I'm a little chilly. You know that thing when you're like – I bet your homeostasis – pardon my saying. Um, yeah. I bet your homeostasis is a mess right now. Huh. I bet Go the home- – you know what? I'm going to take it a step further. I think – I bet the homeostasis of your world is crazy right now. You're saying the homeostasis of my world is crazy right now. Listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not a crazy scientist. Right now. Yeah. But – I mean, homeostasis, it's like inertia for things, right? It has, you got to be a certain way to get a certain way. Uh, we did not record last week because, I, if memory serves, it was over 100 degrees in the room in which you would be recording the program. A lot, a lot over, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, that's going to have effects on, I don't know, the familiarity of your house and what you're used to your house being for or what your car is for or what your clothes are for. This sounds silly, but I think when we experience something that's disruptive like that, uh, I don't know, we tend to realize how inertial our world is. And then you go, oh, no, I'm, I'm somewhere else now. It's, mm. I, it would, there's never a good time to say it. it's like having been in a disaster. But if you think about the results of a disaster somewhere, you're like, wow, I, I have a whole new way of understanding my world. I'm somewhere else now. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you expect your, uh, your environment to work within certain parameters. And like when those, if those parameters are exceeded, I mean, it's surreal. It's, it's the no, very notion of surreal to like walk into a room that has never had six inches of water in it and discover it has six inches of water. That's, that's now an entirely new and different place. Well, do, without giving too much away. Yeah, opposite. Do you, do you know where the closest hotel to your house is? Uh, kind of, yeah. <clears throat> There's one that we put my mom up in down by the water, uh, but we don't have all – it's, you know, San Francisco is a weird city. Yeah, uh, for stuff like that. But like, I even if I had to bug out. Well, that's the thing. You know, I live at, I live close to the airport. There are a lot of hotels down here. They're mm-hmm. not hotel other hotels that I've driven by my whole life. They're not a hotel that I would have any reason to to patronize. Um, and yeah, occasionally somebody will be in in from out of town, and I'll go into the lobby of one of these hotels, and I'll be like, oh, so that's what this hotel is mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But when the temperature gets to be 107, Ugh. all Ugh. of a sudden, these hotels take <sighs> on a whole new... Because they got new, the air conditioning. That's right, Merlin. Uh-oh. The thought technology of 
going and spending a night or two in the $99 air, airport hotel that's just right over there with air conditioning and sex in the city is on the TV mm. and you can close the blackout curtains and you just go away and all of a sudden your super hot house that no one ever thought to put air conditioning in is just it just fades into your memory because you're watching Sex in the City marathon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And having keep, a Toblerone. You can you keep the lights way down. You're having a Toblerone, <laughs> and uh, how often do and, you eat triangular chocolate in your house? <laughs> Never, but in a hotel, mm-hmm. in an airport hotel, and you know these are nice hotels, but they're but they're inexpensive. Certainly like a Marriott quality. Like you're just yeah. gonna be here. You're gonna get a shower, jerk off, sleep a little bit, and then get up and put your shirt on. That's right. They turn it around. That's right. Mm, it's it's just, a turnaround you got, hotel. You, mm-hmm. you got an early flight, or you yep, got yep. a late flight, and so yeah, the the uh, for a long time when the when the weather gets, and and I and I only mean the hot. When the weather gets too hot in Seattle, mm-hmm. I have periodically snuck off to a ninety nine dollar airport hotel where I turn off the lights and I watch Sex in the City until the heat goes past. Because mm. it's never more than a day here, you know, or a day right. or two maybe at max. That and that is one way in which our communities are similar. It's yeah. it's very unusual for I think I mean <clears throat> I don't I haven't been to a lot of people's houses in the last few years but my sense is that you know I can in our neighborhood like you don't even see like air conditioner units and windows no it's no. just I'm, not necessary I was telling somebody the other day we didn't have screens in our windows until about two or three months ago same oh. house for twenty years we just don't get that it's not like Florida you know what I mean yeah 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 but yeah. anyhow I, I I I see what you're saying where it's like it would be crazy and expensive and you know, you're dealing with these old buildings in San Francisco that never had central AC. You can get heat that'll be good enough, but it doesn't get that, that hot or that, that cold. Yeah. And the fog just mostly takes care of itself. Yeah. Well, and out, I think up here, and this is probably true there too, you know, we're, we have an intransigence that's part of our, our just identity. And no one wants to admit that anything has changed. I mean, that's not to say that everyone up here isn't a hippie that's screaming about climate change. I see. No, 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 but it's like the people in Florida where the, okay, no, seriously, it's a hurricane warning. It's coming. There's two flags up. It's happening. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, I made it through Betsy Lou in 1967. This is not going to scare me off my land. And we are just not Stubbornness. Stubbornness about what you survived in life is part of it. But, But we're definitely not prepared to say we need air conditioners now. It's just it's like, not it's like a buying thing. umbrellas, John. Who would do that? That's right. It's like it's exactly like buying umbrellas. We're not going to start using umbrellas now, and so there's a little bit of an air conditioner <laughs> gap. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, and I see. the yeah. Pardon me. The new houses uh, that were built after 1997 have air conditioning because because the year didn't in, exist. Well, that and also. Mm-hmm. You know the arms race of uh, of contractors building big, dumb, like awful, uninhabitable mega mansions. They had to keep oh, upping the ante. Like, what do we course. add? What do we add? We got the stainless steel refrigerator with the with the computer in it. Like, oh, oh you, get, you get the, fr- the French doors. You know, you get the French mud doors. room. Yep, you got you the know? Juliet balcony. You get oh, the, the Juliet balcony. Yeah, oh my god, you gosh. get the thirty foot entryway. How are we going to sell these houses? It would be crazy not to put air conditioning in that. That would be a ding against you. That's right. But those people now with their, uh, 
you know, with their middle-aged baseball caps and their, you know, their freaking flip-flops. They are comfortable sitting in there. Are we turning into Las Vegas? John, I want to hear the end of this, but is it possible we're just all turning into Las Vegas? What you're describing sounds a lot like Las Vegas. Well, we're really, going to have like fun, funny, funny shaped giant beer cans. You're walking around and mm-hmm. you're yeah. walking around in cargo shorts. If you're, you know, if you really enjoy baseball, wear the cap. But could you just could you not wear it backwards with your so, flip flops? Could we not do that? Yesterday, I was in a parade. Huh. The neighborhood. I'm trying to remember, here. I don't think. Let me see. What was yesterday? Was the fourth? I don't think I was in a parade. You were in a parade yesterday. You say a little parade? Yeah, a see, little here, parade, a private parade. Here we are, sort of. Here we are in the uh, in, in, in the suburb. Why is the concept of a private parade so funny? <laughs> it's, it's sort of you know uh-huh. not far off. General disorder, uh, major well, catastrophe, <laughs> private parade. <laughs> we. we <laughs> oh, hey, oh, this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mack Weldon right now by visiting MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Their products are, are terrific. I'm, I'm wearing a bunch of Mack Weldon right now. Uh, and the site's so easy to use. Uh, it's, it's the best. You guys, I buy so much stuff from there. You know, this week i got to say, two sponsors that I am actually a legit huge fan of. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you all the Mack Weldon I'm wearing because, you know, it might seem a little bit unseemly. And it would probably seem like I'm making it up, which is which is fine, but it really is true. Let's just say I'm sitting on some right now. Mack Weldon believes that their stuff will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They also have those really nice slippers. Check them out. Uh, they offer a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial so they can help eliminate odor. And uh, and they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they will still refund you with no questions asked. Number one, they don't want your underpants back, okay? And also, uh, there's not going to be any questions. So, you know, that, that sounds really low-key. I mean, I like all their stuff, so I, you know, I'm really not qualified to say. Not only do their underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. This is performance stuff. I can say I'm performing extremely well right now. Because all my microbes are, are being taken away. Great for working out, going to work, you know, uh, everyday life. Making podcasts, all right? Look it up. Now, the folks at Mac Weldon, they've even created their own totally free loyalty program that they call Weldon Blue, right? Level one, you get free shipping for life. Nothing wrong with that. And once you reach level two by spending $200, Mac Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for the next year. Wow. That's that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, and like I say, I love their stuff. I uh, I uh, I you know I'm gonna say it. I like the stealth eight inch boxer brief, true navy size large. They're really good. They're really comfortable. You know, I love their long sleeve t shirts. I love all their stuff. You know, I'm really in the bag for these folks. So you know, go check them out. Go to macweldon.com/rotl just like it sounds. You're gonna get twenty percent off your order using the promo code rotl just like it sounds. Rotl. MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. We've got a, we've got a little suburban community here. Uh, it incorporated itself back in the 50s. It calls itself a town. The city of, actually. City of. Uh, there's no real center to the place. There's not, you know, there's a grocery store and there's a couple of Mexican restaurants. But there's, it's not like there's a Main Street USA but there is, but it is a town, and they do have some town pride, and they have a Fourth of July parade, and I I was in it before 
in order to be in the Fourth of July parade, all you have to do is step off the sidewalk and start walking in the direction of the parade, alongside it or in it. Pick your spot, kind of thing. Oh, when 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 uh, one simply walks into parade, like you, you can you join you join parade. You join parade. Hmm. Now parade is, uh, you know, it's a bunch of classic cars. And the the definition of what constitutes classic car is very stretched. So oh. it's basically, do you think your car is a classic? <laughs> you get some 85 Thunderbirds in there. And that's absolutely what <laughs> Come and see the world's get. largest ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> My mom said there was a car, there was one, you know, we're, we stand on the side at first because we like to look at the cars and my mom It's is a lot like, like a, more like a Quaker church. You wait for the spirit to move you and then you join exactly parade. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we're watching and my mom is like, What's special about that truck? And, you know, she wasn't wrong. It was like a 97 Chevy stepside pickup truck. But the guy had lowered it a little <clears throat> and he'd put – and it had good paint. He'd, he'd done paint. <laughs> and I was like, well <laughs> – It's mainly paint that made it classic? Yeah. Isn't and that so, like antiquing a stool, John? That doesn't make it, was, it old. No, antique no, no, and antique are different things. He has pride in his vehicle. He spent money on it. And so in his estimation, you know, it had like a tonneau cover that was body color. He had put the time into it. This car was, okay. you know, it was one of those things where he was rolling the dice that it was going to be a classic. That one day his 97 Chevy base model pickup was going to be the last one around. You know, <laughs> This is the Subaru like, Brat that was almost used in Back exactly to the Future. Right. And so, some of those cars end up, it ends up like a guy pulls a Honda Civic out of his garage. It's got 40 miles on it. And somebody's <laughs> like, I'll give you 50 grand for that. Are you kidding me? It's cherry. I'll, I'll put it in my living room. Yeah. But so the cars go by. It's fun. The, the thing is, it's one of these, it's a, it's a suburb. It's a, it's an affluent suburb. And so you got some, you got some crazy cars where you're like, what do you, you know, like uh, you think that this car is in the parade? Fine. That's fine. But this guy has got a 65 Ferrari. Wow. That he Ferrari, clearly, Ferraris are one of the ones that's really costly, right? And and a, and a Ferrari from that era, uh-huh. you know, you could just see from the – it's got a gray-haired guy in it and it just it, – the car oh, but like looks senor, like – Senor Ferrari might still have been alive at that time. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. and, and these cars are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, and this guy restored it nut and bolt in his garage over the court. You know, he's wow. driving it just like – and the thing just sounds – even at idle, it just sounds – And then you've uh, and then you've got like four other Ferraris that are like newer, but, you know, it's a neighborhood where you're going to have – you're going to find four people that have Ferraris. Like, okay. But then there's also like a like a 86 Ford van – <laughs> but the guy's just like doesn't have any now, rust on Now it. I gotta say, I think Never that was it. an exciting time for vans. It was a good when time. When the Toyota People, the, not no, the Vanagon was um VW, but when, what was the one the um you know that one that looked like it was from the future? Yeah, yeah. Brown and uh, what are those Squ called? Mike Squires had one. He believed That's a great my friend my friend Sam, their family had one. It was tremendous. He believed that that was gonna be one of those uh things that one day was gonna be worth a lot of money. Those Toyota vans oh, had. Oh, I see. They had the they had the motor. It was kind of like behind the driver. Uh, yeah, because it had a real blunt. Called? I feel like a, I, I might be con just con confusing and concatenating all of these. But Sam's family. God, no, it was, was the a Forerunner. Was it a Forerunner? Was that what it was called? Space Cruiser. The space the um, 
The they're they're called the the Toyota the, Toyota Space the, Van. Okay. I always called it the the because it looks like the van from the movie Moon Moon um, Moon, Moon Patrol. Patrol? When Squires drove his around, I was like, what's up, Moon Patrol? Is this the car from Pitfall? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, I bet he didn't like that. He, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, you don't say former veteran. He's got a, no, he's a former Marine. He's, he's a not, Marine for life. <laughs> but no, it's a, uh, it's a thing where it was a great van, except uh, there was always like something, something was always sparking back there he had the engine cover off and it was there were like blue sparks i was like that's not that's not stock you, your your motor shouldn't be spark is it was he doing like uh what do you call it like a thrush or a uh or cherry poppers or what was he was, was he after marketing his uh ex- exhaust or what was happening ding dong and he bought this thing yeah. and he didn't know how to fix it and he drove oh and then, then he's just too he's too proud to to fix it oh but this is another thing that was in the parade yesterday one of those uh, Vixen RVs. Vixen. There's an RV, and it's got a BMW motor. It was a. It was a. It was a, a brand oh. new thing. Like a. Like it, it, I don't know. It didn't last very long. It's like a GMC RV looking thing. Oh. But it's really low to the ground and small, so it. It feels sized kind of like just a delivery van, except it's long and looks like it's from the future. Oh, it's like a Peter Jackson thing. It's like, uh, it looks like it should be bigger than it is. Google it. V- uh, just v- say v- BMW v- Vixen. Oh, man. Okay. V-I-X-E-N, Vixen. Holy shit. And it's oh got my a God! Motor. Okay, John, you were not kidding. This actually yeah. does look like somebody did a Doctor Shrinker on a GMC RV a little bit. <laughs> it's exactly right. Oh, and it's got a pop up it, like all the great German buses. It's got the pop up like my uh, like my VW or uh, my uh, VW bus used to have. Oh, this is handsome. Person, it is oh, like shit. so strangely both big and small. The giant windows time. look like it's kind of a little bit ahead of its time. It's, and this it's Vixen, wet. the one in the Wikipedia picture, it's got real big windows. I love that. It's super duper cool. And the thing is, it's so low that if you, if I were standing next to it, I could talk to you over the roof. Like, hmm. you look at it in the pictures and you're like, wow, that's a cool RV. But it's like, no, no, no. You don't get it. You could put that RV in an RV. And yet, it's It says full. here the Vixen was designed. This is the Internet Science site. It says the Vixen was designed as an answer to the GMC motorhome. Designed to be stored in a typical garage, six feet high. Shut your whore mouth, yeah. John. This is I made the made a crack about you know Gandalf and uh, and uh, and Bobo or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. But like this, uh, this really does look the size of your very old stinky GMC RV. You're telling me it's smaller. Well, if I went to one of those internet websites to compare sizes, it would be it would be in the shadow of the uh, of the GMC. And yet, I think maybe more practical and certainly more. Uh, like you never see one. I had never seen one. I knew they were there. I'd seen them on, I'd seen photos, but then here was one in the parade. Oh, and I man. think it was, it was one of those things where 99% of the people in the parade was, were like, why is this guy driving his, his van? And I was just like, my, I had my, of fing- course my you nose were. to the glass. I was like, it'll oh, be like a real. Shriner driving by, except he's in an actual 1965 Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, 
exactly right. I mean, right. like, like to to get all that. Oh man, I got you know I got a taste of this when we, when we went to that parking. I said I saw an article about this in the paper the other day. There's a thing called AutoCamp that they have, AutoCamp mm-hmm. that they have mm-hmm. around California where they have a special relationship they've made with. I'm sure I sent you photos of this um, where they have a special relationship with the Airstream company, and you go somewhere like in our case we went to Yosemite and you stay in a giant. Airstream. Oh, glamping. You're doing the glamping. I guess so. I guess so. Um, but it was, I see, now, understandably, these have been cherried out real nice. So that sure. it kind of, it looks like a, like an ace hotel room, except without all the fucking and noise. Mm. And, or, you know, but like mm. real, real nice. Nicely finished. A big round portrait of the moon in it. Mm, the whole deal. The I see the appeal. I sure. definitely see Everybody the loves the moon. I got to see these next to next to a, a GMC. And so they're in the... Pre- John, this seems like a very... I keep interrupting you, and for that I apologize. But it seems to me like this is a very uh, exciting yet egalitarian parade where you can just join parade, you walk right in, sit right down, you know, mm-hmm. let your it's light shine through. Pr- it's pretty darn fun. And, That's you nice. know, one of... That's one, nice. The reason that we're in the parade, let's let's just cut to the chase, is okay. that it has what what they call the children's bike parade after the fire trucks all the kids can line up with their decorated bikes covered with the crepe paper and streamers bunting bike bunting bunting and then they get to be in in the parade i love that oh i love this and this is just in your little weird the city of john roderick area that's right that's right it's real we're talking real regional regional sub-regional might nano regional Sub sub regional. So what basically what the parade does is it goes from the grade school to the city hall, hmm. which is not 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 a short distance. It 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 winds uh, its way you know, through the through the town. You you, but, you, you uh, go you go to civics with the city you've got. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And there you know there's a tractor pulling a a trailer with a with a bunch of hay bales, and uh, people sitting in it. The um, uh, Miss Teen Pierce County. Who who is part of the Miss America organization, but like way way down, like triple A ball. Oh, it's like TEDx. I get or it. single A mm-hmm, ball. Mm-hmm. But she's Miss Teen Pierce County, and of course we're in King County. Right. So Miss Teen King County must have had a different parade, but we got Miss Teen Pierce County, and she okay. was riding on the back of a Corvette with <laughs> Miss Preteen Pierce County. Oh dear. Okay. And uh, what else were there? There were uh, a couple of guys on motorcycles. Hmm. Um, there were, oh boy, uh, 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 just a whole, oh, there were some guys driving tow trucks advertising their tow truck company, but one of them was like a 67 tow truck that had been, that I had love how much this is barely a parade. Cause yeah. when I think of a parade, well, I think of lots of things. I think of my poor dear late father who had PTSD and mm-hmm. how he didn't love, I mean, none of us love crowds, but he really, he couldn't be around like loud noises. So fireworks were out. You know, you think about going to those where you're cheek to jowl with everybody else. Maybe you think about Macy's, but when you think about like, you think there's some kind of a theme like i marched in parades when i was in military school this sounds more like a, just a bunch of locals walking the same way well and and uh that's exactly what it is there was no or, or in the case of the preteens they, they, they ship them over from they're adjudicated from pierce to king county yeah they, they probably over. have to get some special dis- dispensation like My a, daughter's a visa, mother a was very offended that there wasn't a marching band. She said, look, there are marching bands everywhere. Every high school's got a marching band. Probably junior highs have them. That's a load-bearing part of the parade is several marching bands. You got to have at least one. You can't call it a parade unless somebody is is playing. You don't even need bells. You just need a, you need a snare. You need a, 
Uh, oh, really? More drum. like the three guys in the in the spirit of '76. You could get well, I an don't injured think that veteran, would a fight player. If you, player, if you got a, a firefighters okay. uh, band, you could oh. have. I mean, there are all kinds of punk rock marching bands in Seattle. That was a thing for a long time. Punk rock punk marching. Rock march. Were they playing? Were they playing regular traditional instruments? Uh, yeah, but they were all oh, like I get it. super goth and and, I get and it. playing like mm-hmm. punk rock stuff. It was it's fun. So you know, pretty, oh, so yeah. pretty, and <laughs> it was uh, like a thing that they would, uh, you know, they'd come play your circus side. Ah, Miss World. <laughs> But the but the great thing about the local parade <laughs> is that most people just brought their lawn chairs down to the sidewalk in front of their house, and so the audience is built in because you're going through a neighborhood. So wow! So there's an audience the entire length of the parade because this is everybody c- everybody comes down and it's like wee. So I'm marching in the parade mostly in order to keep my daughter's mother from hovering. Because she's just entering that age where she's starting to be a little bit clingy. A little helicoptery? Because her daughter is 10 mm, and yeah. she can see her starting to grow and blossom and it's, have independence. It's so difficult. You, know, yeah. you can't believe how fast it goes from we watch our kid from behind a tree when she's outside the house to like she walks to Golden Gate Park almost every day. <laughs> right. No, she, she literally – she walks – that's, a, will, that's quite a distance from yeah, your house. Yeah, no, it's nuts. She and her friends will just walk to Sutro Baths. They will just walk uh, to the Panhandle. They'll, or, but, uh, but no, just to be clear, sometimes she walks to Golden Gate Park because she wants a pretzel. Huh. And I mean, but I'm telling you, the reason I, I mention that here is it's so difficult at first. You never in a million years. You know, I lost sight of my kid in my memory. I lost sight of my kid exactly once, which was when we were at the big Target downtown uh, when she was probably five or six. And she, I couldn't. I don't know how often you've had this. Maybe we've talked about this, but the the very first time that you think you should be able to see your kid and you don't see your kid, and then you can't see your kid, there is a synaptic leap to a whole new level of scared. Yeah, and not bad. even the whole like, oh, she's in a white van helping a clown find his puppy, but just more like this is the first time I've ever not been able to instantly see my kid, and it's such a panic. You know, yeah. I don't know if you ever got that, but I imagine. But it's so difficult when they're starting to go do their own thing. And yeah, I had one not very long ago where where we said you can ride your bike between mama and daddy's house now. Right, right. You used to and, say that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she was doing it, but you know, she's a lollygagger. She stops and looks at birds' nests just like her dad did. And at one point it had been too long since she'd left. She doesn't have and, a phone, right? No. Okay. And she hadn't arrived. And I and I was like, you know, don't hover over her. But after a while, after that, I said, I'm going to get in the car. Yeah. And I got in the car. Oh, and no I big drove, deal. I'm just, I'm just driving around. Oh, hey, how's it I'm going? Just driving around. <laughs> I drove the route and I yeah. couldn't find her. Oh, shit. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden, I'm driving the route faster. You know, I'm not just out for a drive, I'm driving and the route. Like your heartbeat's starting to pick up. Yeah. And I was just like, You're scanning wait a minute. Faster. Yeah. Scanning, scanning, scanning up this road. What if she went? What if she went down this way? Well, she didn't. Meanwhile, you t- keep telling yourself, this is insane. She's totally yeah. fine. Well, and meanwhile, she's sitting on her mother's couch going, do, 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 while I'm out, you know. Oh. Because she had gotten there by way of, you know, she'd gone. Via the bird's uh, there, nest. There was one 30-second, like, period where I looked down a street and didn't see her. And then as I, I turned right, see. she turned left. And, it and was, you would have no way of knowing that you <clears throat> went right past her. Exactly. 
But in this situation, in the parade, um, she wanted to be in the parade. And her mother, who was dressed in a very festive Fourth of July fashion, hot, uh, entered into the parade <clears throat> in what I considered, what I thought, and I think an, an and I think a jury would agree mm-hmm. that she was too. She she was blurring the line between: Are you in the kids' bike parade, or are you back here with the with the stragglers and the and you even know. insofar as this is a folk event where people can just join in, we're we're, we're not monsters here in our yeah. little. Uh, so you you're in the adults area over here. If if and can you imagine how how bummed your daughter would be if she saw her like three paces behind her? Well, so so this is what happened. So you know it's a ragtag fugitive fleet of that's course. that's bringing up the rear. Yeah, and she's up like, I mean, almost putting suntan lotion on her nose as they are. Riding in this enormous parade, and you know my daughter is is I one of these. I brought you a hat. I brought exactly. you another hat. She she's one of you these kids that's like I'm going to be in the front of uh-huh. the kids. <clears throat> yes, right. There's the fire truck, and then there's my daughter. The front tire of my daughter's fire bike truck is bike parade bringing up the rear, right behind the fire truck. And if another kid, <clears throat> she, she's like a sled dog. If another kid's tire got closer to the fire truck than hers, she would just incre- she would get closer and closer while never touching, right? It would always okay. just be half and half and half. And her mom is just like up there just making sure. And so I had to join the parade to say, hey, why don't you hang back here with me and we'll talk mm-hmm. about stuff. And I'm just going to give you something to think about where you're not thinking about the fact that your perfectly fine 10 and a half year old daughter is only 150 yards ahead of us. And you can see there, there she is again. There she is. So we're walking in the parade and, and she's very festive. And it just so happened or it just so happens that I have a pair of um, stars and stripes Uncle Sam pants. Mm-hmm. I've got an Amer- I've got an American flag. Well, it's good. It's good timing that you happen to wear those on the Fourth of July. Well, that's right. I wear mm-hmm. them all the time. Of course you do. You're a patriot. Wearing. Yeah, and yeah. they basically make me look like I'm in the MC5. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com. Slash super train, my friends. What do you say about Squarespace? I mean, it's Squarespace. You can do it all. So many things. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your new home on the web. You can showcase your work. You could uh, publish a blog or put up other kinds of content. You know, the galleries are beautiful. All kinds of things you can do with uh, with images. Of course, you can sell products and services of all kinds right on your very own site. You could promote your physical or online business. You can even announce an upcoming event, or special project. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have uh, powerful e-commerce functionality to sell whatever you want to sell right online, right on your site. You get the ability to customize the look and feel of your site, the settings, the products, all of that, some clicks, some drags. Bob's your uncle. You got yourself a Squarespace. Of course, everything is uh, optimized for mobile right out of the box. It looks great on every device or dingus. And they're offering a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 domain name extensions. They uh, offer analytics that help you uh, grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And if you ever find yourself in a jam, don't worry about it. 
They have 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. As I like to say on here, you know, because it really is germane, uh, I, I've been using Squarespace forever, and you're using Squarespace right now, you know, as a, as a listener of Roderick on the Line, because uh, Squarespace is where we have hosted that podcast, and uh, always will. They really are the best. So right now, please go uh, check out squarespace.com slash supertrain and get a free trial. And, uh, and when you're ready to launch, you can use our offer code supertrain, and that will save you. 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, they've been such good friends to the show. Squarespace.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. Because Kick out the jams, Mother Patriots. Because they're pretty cool pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like the guy from GBV. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great look. You're not going to find these pants just on the rack. No, no, these no, aren't no, the, no, These no. aren't the cheesy, cheap ones. These are not uh, Pret-a-Porter Liberty pants. No, these are, <laughs> these are full-on uh-huh. rock and roll Bespoke. Yes. Uh, flag pants. So, uh, John, is it the kind of thing Mike Mills might wear? Well, you know, Mills has got... His, his would whole, be silk, probably. He's got his nudie suit thing happening. I don't know mm. if he still wears those, but... But no, these are, you know, and the thing is, like, I'm not, I'm not a, like, what you would describe as, like, an overly slim guy, but these oh. pants are very slimming, you oh, know, they're nice. just, they're, they have a rock cut without rock going cut. over, without yeah. going over, okay, you know, okay, they're not, okay. they're not, they're not skinny, they're not too yeah. tight. Sure. So we're walking in the parade, and, uh, and I'm getting a lot of cat calls. Ooh. Nice pants. Hey. <laughs> you know. Nice pants. I love your pants. Mm. All the moms, all the moms along oh, the way. Oh, I love see. Love your pants. And uh, that makes you a pilf, patriot yeah. that people would. <laughs> That's right. And so uh, my daughter's mother now has something to think about other than, um, other than her daughter, which is all these beezies on either side who are yelling at my pants. <laughs> and so. You know, and I'm just exactly where I want to be. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> you're, you know, man, you are right in the pocket. Like, oh, you're yeah. in, like, the uh, in the eye of all the hurricanes. You know what I mean? King in the castle. You're just, yeah, catbird seat. What a great I, position to be in. I, I hope I, you enjoyed that moment while it was happening. It was wonderful. You know, yeah. I'm behind the kids' bike parade. And you're but, keeping it but, together, and you're being a good dad, and you're being a good uh, uh, mother, lady, partner, partner. And I'm close enough to the end of the parade where it feels like if, if you're sitting there in a lawn chair watching the parade go by and you're like, gosh, I don't want this parade to end. It, I bet it's like MTV where people were like, oh, you know, remember back in the day and you'd say, like, yeah. one more video, one more video. This might be Stan and Delivered by Adam and the Answers, the only show like here once a comes, week. Here it comes. I'm going to see just, Let's That's wait for one more. Well, should we get going? Beat the, beat the traffic? You know, eh, I want to see one more good thing. Yeah, a lot of stragglers, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm the one more good thing. And the thing is that because my daughter's Patriot mother, dance. because she is an attractive woman and she's also in very a very attractive. festive patriotic yeah. outfit, and it's a patriotic outfit that if she raises her hands too high in the air, it's going to show just a little teeny bit of her underpants. So it's a little, it's very oh, festive. Feeling you know, very it's liberated. Like, it's, it's like, <clears throat> God bless America. Yes. And so we're walking. Are those so, red, white, and blue too, if you can say? No, no, no. I, I never saw them personally because when she, oh. you know, if she ever had to read something high, she would have me do it. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah, Hakuna Matata. So it's just a, it's just the suggestion. It's like if she had. Oh to no, read, I understand. She's never gonna do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you could see it, you don't need to imagine it, and it's in the imagining is really where we live the dream. That's exactly true. So you're walking around. You're getting cat calls uh, from the BBs about your about your pilf pants. 
But what I've, what I am, or what we are discovering, because we've been living in this neighborhood a couple of years, and it's very hard to know the neighborhood because everybody's everybody's got, inside their house. Yeah, they're inside their house. And you mm-hmm. know, I read this article recently that was describing how, you know, in Los Angeles, you can gauge how wealthy a neighborhood is by how many trees are on the streets. And it was a it was a sort of pictorial representation. You go out here and you can like barely that. see the houses because of the trees. And then you're in you're in the poorer neighborhoods in LA and you can't see a tree. You look right. every direction. Is that, is that in part because I, I went through this a lot in Sarasota where I had a friend who was an invasive exotic um, vandal. And uh, he, he hated invasive exotics, and he would go on little uh, ninja missions every night to the new developments to destroy the invasive exotics. Sometimes oh. at a cost of five to twenty thousand dollars per tree. But like in, <laughs> like in Sarasota, I don't know if you know this, but like my mom, when she was still in her freestanding house, she would get offers all the time to buy her Sago uh, palm. Like people want to buy your palm trees because it's very costly. I guess what I'm asking you, John, in the ninth interruption of your very good anecdote, is, is do you get a lot of trees in Los Angeles because nobody's ever fucked with the neighborhood and their old growth? Or is it because when it was built, you could afford to put in some nice mature trees? Yeah, I think that's what it is. If you go to Be- Beverly Watts, Hill. Watts is not going to have a lot of live oaks. Well, I think that, you know, it's all it's all cleared and, and things are built right close to each other and nobody has the money to care for foliage. Um, and the utility service is not going to go out of their way to, to keep things nice. I mean, I'll tell you what, California and Southern California, those are, those places are naturally what would be growing there are some agave cactuses. Oh yeah. It's more like what you see in 29 palms. Yeah. Some jumping rats or whatever. It's not supposed to have anything. Well, it's reported by a friend of the show, Matt Pierce from the LA times. He, every year he reports on, uh, he collects a lot of images and video of palm trees that have been set ablaze. Yeah. By uh, by the snorks with their fireworks, but you do you think also about see it, it's a bad combination. Trucks like people are buying. Oh them no no! I around. think they're ten. They, last I heard, they were ten to twenty thousand dollars. But if you think about, you look up at a palm tree. You get that that neural part that makes all the splinters. You get up 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 at the very top. You got the palmy part. Underneath the palmy part, you have so much dry shit just mm. waiting to be mm. on fire. That's right. And all you, you need just is one, one bottle rocket, and you're done. In the case of this neighborhood. It is that it was a forest, and they came in and they they uh, cut out some areas for houses, and they didn't take the forest. I mean, they cut the forest down in 1910, like you like everybody here in the Northwest. I mean, you had to log it once. There's so much of it; it's like bison. And they may have logged it a second time because you know they go in they they logged they logged them in 1910 they logged them in 1930 they logged them in 1960 they logged them in 1990 but they didn't after 1930 they didn't log it here again so a lot of these trees you know my mom went down and put a tape measure around some of the trees in my yard and she's like this tree's 100 years old shit dog so that's so cool a lot of trees there's a lot of trees but but that means that we don't see our neighbors very often and you kind of you know you wave to people on the street but it's sort of like hi and if you recall, when I would go to pick up my daughter at the elementary school here, I felt no commonality with the other people because of the fact that uh, – because of the Las Vegasization of America. Mm-hmm. All these guys had backward baseball caps on. And I was yes. like, oh, man, I don't want to be your friend. The only like, time you what? interact with people is like – you ever been in a hotel when the fire alarm goes off? 
Yeah, it's such a strange. It's only happened. It's happened to me a couple times, but uh, it's really scary. Um, but you go outside and like it's, and of course, there's still. I like, increasingly feel like you know, it used to be everybody pulled over for ambulances, and then sometimes people didn't pull over for ambulances. I think oh. today there are people who just ignore fire alarms, and th- that troubles me. Um, but but you go outside and suddenly you're like, oh shit, who are all these people? Oh, yeah. these are all the other people who were staying at the hotel that I'd never seen. And I feel like what we're des- you're describing in most American. Uh, really, the way we live, not just in the suburbs, is a similar thing. You don't have a reason to run into people at the post office. You no longer have a reason to run into people dropping off and picking up at school. Because you, you pull up, you stay in your car, you roll your window up or down, you go, mank, mank, that kind of thing. You you see more of them on Nextdoor or planning for uh, the big box social at the school than mm. you would actually interact with them person to person. This is not a complaint or, or uh, I'm not saying this is a blight, but I think it is real. And then you realize it on a day like July 4th. When you're in a hotel and there's anyone else in the elevator or anyone else in the hall yeah. where your room is, you're like, oh, hi, weird. But then you realize <clears throat> so, no, there's a thousand you're, you're people in a hotel. hotel. There's a thousand people. There's a person next to you, above yeah. you, behind you, beside you. There could be somebody um, under the bed. I, we, I went to a baseball game the other day because Ken Jennings was throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> and, the, and a big alarm went off in the stadium. Because you brought so much heat? Womp. Womp and, oh. and and lights flashing. And at first we thought it's one of the 10,000 stupid things that baseball uh, does to get people out of their seats. Like, come on, let's make some noise. Mm. Mm-hmm. But after a while, it was like, oh, no, this is a real emergency alarm. Womp, womp, white lights flashing. That, that sounds like one of them that means business. Yeah. And so, you know, I looked around and uh, said to my little family – we're just going to sit here. Everything's fine. And we're just going to stay in our seats because any other move you made right now would be the wrong move. And it went an uncomfortably long time, but everybody stayed in their seats. There was no, because in a baseball park, you're like, being out here in my seat is absolutely the best move <clears throat> because this alarm is the, the danger to me here is there are two, two potential dangers. Mm-hmm. One is a seven, four, seven has lost its engines and it's going to crash right into the baseball field, mm. but they're not going to set the alarm off. They're not going to have time to do that. Oh, right. And it wouldn't be Bane coming up through the floor. No, probably, probably the other option would be that it was like a dog day afternoon or no. What was the one where the guy was Black Sunday? The, yeah, Black Sunday, where there's sniper up in the. A dog day afternoon would be even better. That would be so much better if it was just like a bank robbery Attica, happening inside. Attica. No, yeah, inside to pay for his to pay for his boyfriend's surgery. Yeah. Uh, and then the alarm went off. <laughs> I love and, that movie so fucking much. They came over the thing and they were like, "False alarm, everybody, it's fine." Yeah. And, huh. uh, and, and, you know, it was really like... I would have small yeah. fire. I would have small regional fire. I guess I would have maybe somebody sparking a dube in the men's room or something. Yeah, or a grease fire at one at the Dintai Fun. Mm. But they, uh, it, was a, it was definitely a situation that brought all 25,000 of us closer together for a brief moment. Sure. Well, you, now you're forced to really be, not to be corny, but you're all kind of forced to be in the same moment together and realize you're in the same moment together. Yeah, and in a situation like that, the la- I am not going to die in a crowd crush. I'm going to say that right now. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ways that I could die, but crowd crush is not going to be one of them because I'm not going to find myself accidentally in a crowd crush. Like you I, know my, want- you know my cousins were at the Who concert. 
No, were they really? Yeah, my first cousins, well, because, you know, we lived in Cincinnati. My aunt and uncle, had a year earlier, my aunt and uncle had been at the Beverly Hills Supper Club the night of the huge fire in yeah. 1970, I want to say, eight. And then, um, might have been the It's Hard Tour, I want to say, probably. But yeah, yeah. The thing at, um, not Riverfront, but the uh, the other one, the Coliseum. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were there when the people got crushed. That was some badass planning. And that's why doors open out now. Yeah, well, they, they you know there was another one, a soccer one in the UK that also had a. Had I'm a, terrified, John. I joke about this mostly on other programs. I joke about this, but our front door opens inward and is at the bottom of a set of stairs. And there's this area that's about, as you've seen, about four by four from the yeah. stair to the door. So the door already barely opens, and yeah. I feel like such a nut that I have to keep saying to my family, "Please, never put anything here that would keep the door from opening." Because first of all, you know. There's going to be something someday at this house where we've got to someday. get out. Mm-hmm. And like, it's already going to be so hard for us to get down those steps and out a door that opens in, right? In a panic at night, maybe with the lights off. The last thing I want to have to think about is like, what happens if like somebody falls down the steps? What if I fall yeah. down? I'm the fatty. What if I fall down the steps and you can't move my fucking body? Now you can't Ugh. get out the door. Ugh. I think about it all the time. Do you have I- a chain ladder? No, I don't. My same cousins, my self-same cousins who, who were at the Who concert and in, 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 were in the trampling, uh, they, uh, they, had, they had chain ladders on their three-story house. My uncle was very successful. He was in Procter & Gamble. He was a VP. The thing is, you, we always had, whenever we lived in a two-story house. was a thing house, in the 70s. All, you get a chain always, ladder. Yeah, you had a chain yeah. ladder under your bed, and you're ready to pull it out. We, you know, my mom would have us do drills. There you go, chain ladder. So I bet you if you went on your favorite uh, <clears throat> your favorite local delivery service. Oh, if I went to the, uh, the, the Seattle the uh, delivery concern. Yeah, Sa- Seattle delivery company. They would send you a chain ladder and it would be there within maybe the hour. Who we knows? thought a lot about getting a zip line. When my kid was little and zip lines figured heavily in her imagination and <clears throat> TV shows. I think specifically Diego, you know, from Dora had a zip mm. line. Mm. And we thought it would be really cool if our way out was going to be a zip line. I, I did some research on zip lines because my neighborhood would, or my yard would be a killer zip line thing. And I read this article written by a guy whose profession was to go around the world setting up the most cool, luxurious, awesome zip lines. Dr. Antoine Zip. Antoine Zip. And he said, I have an enorm- enormous piece of property on a hill. And I don't have a zip line in my own yard, and here's why. And he went down like 10 reasons why he didn't have his own zip line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> Worst thank, you for, article ever. <laughs> thank you for convincing me not to put a zip line in I my bet it's I bet it's the vulnerability of that yeah. one point of attachment. Well, what he said was, are you prepared to deal with your zip line every day? Are you prepared to be out there keeping it clean and waxed? Oh, you, you got to maintain a zip line, he's saying. Yeah, oh, because that little saying, reel, like you don't want that gummed up or getting mildewy. Oh, you got to test it every day. Test it he every said, day. are you prepared for every kid in your neighborhood to want to, to sneak onto your zip line at all times so that you are- That's what lawyers call an attractive nuisance, John. Yeah, you're basically monitoring it 24 hours a day. No, are you prepared it. to have the insurance Unless you got like a Jeffrey Epstein Island, it sounds like you should stay out of the zip line business. Yeah, and I was like, by Damn the end it. of it, at the start of the article, I was like, I'm not, whatever you're saying, naysayer, I'm going to build 10 zip lines in my yard. And by the end of it, I was like, whoo, dodged a bullet there. Sure did. Oh, uh, Chain Ladders, who concert? Uh, yeah. uh, a well, parade, so, pants, uh, so uh, a baby I'm, mama partner getting oh, too Oh, you close. don't have to get me there. I'm already there. Oh. I'm walking through this parade, 
And all of a sudden, for the first time, I see all my neighbors. I see everybody that lives in this town. Mm-hmm. And I realize that this little town, which I thought was just like a, just a weird thing in the trees, this neighborhood is incredibly diverse, not just in like people, but like in age. Not just background is, race, that kind of thing. Yeah, but 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 in you, when, Seattle's when you assume Capitol it's Hill, mostly older white down, people. Well, that's what you would falsely assume. But in when you're in Capitol Hill yeah. and you're in a parade and you're walking down the street, if you see somebody over the age of fifty, you're like, "Wow, old person, how'd you get here?" Vis- visiting their their gay daughter. Because in the you know in the fifties and sixties, uh, Capitol Hill was full of old people, but they all got driven out. There's no mm-hmm. there are no there's no reason for an old person to live on Capitol Hill. No facilities for them at all. No, uh, the 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 culture of the neighborhood is not really actually that diverse. It's diverse in the sense that it's d- diverse relative to <laughs> yes, the rest right. of America. Compared to the rest of America. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is the diversity of America. Yeah, I think Castro is diverse. or has been historically yeah. much the same way. Yeah. But it, yeah, w- when you're in Castro, it's a very homogenous culture, and that's true here. And one of the things it doesn't allow is like regular old people who are still wearing hats. <laughs> but in this neighborhood, in every, in, in the front yard of, of each house, it, it they could be 60, they could be 80, they could be 50, they could be 30. Wow. There could there were kids that were 10, there were kids that were five. And it was it had been a long time since I'd seen a neighborhood where there were there were where that people from that many walk uh, from that many times of life period. It feels it feels strange now. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, you're not just somebody's grandpa. You live in this house. Mm-hmm. And then next door to you are, is this young couple that came down here and, you know, and there's a lot of different races of people and a lot, you just clearly a lot of different culture. And I'm, and I'm walking down the street and, I, and they're all like, nice pants. And I'm like, thanks, <laughs> thanks. I, you know, it was just a coincidence I wore them today. <laughs> and everybody laughs. And I'm like, and you know, my daughter's mother's like, God, you're insufferable. And then, you know. <laughs> But she's also, you know, she's yeah. she likes to be within. Oh, the, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she, there's a 15 foot glow around me. She likes to be in it, but not too close, but not too far. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and suddenly I'm like, oh, it's not just a bunch of weird sports dads down here. Mm-hmm. It's people that are, and 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 it's a parade, of course. So everybody's friendly, everybody's happy. But I, I you know, I'm I met a, or at least encountered a lot of delightful people. And had to reevaluate my perception because it was because it was skewed. It was based on on these this this very small sample. Mm-hmm. And another thing I realized was there are a ton of kids in this neighborhood, but they're all five years old and younger because hmm. my generation, the your parents, generation, the parents moved there. Before they were born or when they were very young, probably? No, it's the parents are 10 to 15 young, years younger than us. Mm-hmm. Because we forget, I think, that nobody cares about generation I think X people are having kids a little exist. younger. I think kids are having, are. people are having kids a little younger now. I really They do. are. So there are these yeah. kind of affluent, like, um, tech families. And, the, and all their kids are young. And mom and dad are young. They're 35, 36. Mm-hmm. And... They're, you know, they're, they're sporty, they're young, their kids are sporty and young. 
And I'm walking in the parade like, you know, 52-year-old guy who's like, let me tell you when Chris Cornell said he looked at me across a crowded steaming shit pile and he said, you're never going to be more than what you are. Something, I forget the lyric, but it was it meant something to us. And, the, you know, these guys are just like. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> because they're because they're millenniums and yeah. they are it's their world it doesn't belong to me no no so i realized wait a minute i'm the outlier in this neighborhood there are a bunch of there are a bunch you're of boomers the, you're the outlier <laughs> there are a bunch of boomers who are driving uh their restored ferraris and there are a bunch of young people that probably have six tvs in their house and i'm well, i'm the guy in the mc5 pants who's like <laughs> where are my people they're not here buddy your people who you're I don't know where Generation X went. It's just like it's just like tears and rain. Yeah. It's just the smoke just kind of dissipated and and you know, it's just kind of people I don't what did what did Generation X become? I I don't know. I mean, I knew even at the time in microcosm. I okay, so like I remember in college, you know, I it hadn't really dawned on me what an incredibly selfish useless generation I was in. Well, that I was really leading in some ways. I was self- <laughs> I was selfish and useless, but it yeah. became very, like, who knows? It's just a moment snapped together like ma- magnets. But there's a guy that I actually, I rented a house from for a while. God, this guy was amazing. He's the guy who had to celebrate the first Earth Day at New College as an officially sanctioned event. He was just incredibly involved with grassroots environmental stuff. He'd worked in Perg. I guess he could afford to work in Perg. But anyway, he, he'd done all this. You're really, talking about really, the, the public interest research group? Where I almost got a job in Boston for $14,000 a year. <laughs> okay. My first job nearly was working at Perg in Boston. But, I don't believe um, anyone that's not Generation X have but, any idea what we were talking well, about. Well, yeah, because you could be in the state one or like there was national. Well, but my I was I worked at the national one. In Washington, D.C. Huh. Well, but go my, on. My, no, I was just going to say, my friend John, I was like, you know, this is where he's like, I was like, you did this, right, in Boston. He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, how did you, you know, I was like, oh, I lived on this guy's couch. And, <laughs> you know, and he said something. I, want, I should get this right because it had such a long-lasting effect on me. He said, well, here's what you, what you got to know is the only people who work at Perg are the people who can afford to work at Perg. And I, I found like, that, oh. too. I was, I, I was, oh shit! Like that's and, you know, and I guess you could, you could put that in a much meaner way. But there were people who had some source of income and a safety net. There were not many people on thriving a, on that. In a, like a, a townhome that was being uh, a townhome with five people in it, that and they were all graduates of Cornell's hospitality program. So they were living in D.C. and they were working at the at the Watergate or whatever. And I was friends with a guy, and so I was sleeping there but i didn't have a mattress so i was sleeping on the couch until Mm -hmm. one and working at us perg until one morning i woke up and there was a note pinned to my (laughs) shirt (laughs) oh my goodness that said don't sleep on our couch anymore oh signed anonymous signed anonymous and i was like well, they call that they call that the DC goodbye. It could only have been written by one of five guys, and so I had to move out. But he was this guy Brian, and he did all that. Oh God, what else did you? He increased awareness of like Kristallnacht on on mm. campus. He turned that into a thing, and he was just part of this. It was like the group that was coming in right around the time that I was graduating, so my fourth year, their first year. 
uh, you could just feel a difference. You could, I mean, maybe it's just me and my guilty conscience and like, oh, I thought punk rock was helping people. But, you know, but it was, I, I remember feeling even at that time, even in 1989, 90, like, oh man, uh, this is even before I had been introduced to the idea of, I don't want to say privilege, but introduced the idea that like to those to whom things are given, things, you know, they owe things to others. Like, I don't know, no bus oblige, whatever. I didn't have any... You know what I'm saying? Like, I had not really, I'd lived in Florida and gone to four years of public college. I was not, I was not exactly like a, a road warrior existentially, but I just remember feeling like, God, these kids are really better at life than we are. Yeah. And, and now I, I do continue to really feel that. And I see it with kids my daughter's age and a little older. We're like, what a different world. They, yeah, they, we were just, we were bad at it. But you know, it's because we had our house keys around our neck on a piece of red yarn we're out there trying to conjure a fucking uh, fireball con, con, yeah conjure an orb did you know I'm, yeah go did, did you know that the uh that the reason the hollywood supper club was uh was twice capacity on the night of the great fire i want to say was, robert goulet no it was john davidson that's it john davidson, john davidson. my aunt and uncle had been there early in the evening i believe and oh my god, I don't know how much you know about the Beverly Hills story, but it the, there was a, there was an episode of a podcast I like about it. It was fucked up. It was like the the like the service, the lower level service folks were like, uh, "This is really not looking good," and they were like, "Oh, they're there, Juan, like get back to work." And there was like so many red flags, and there were some serious heroics coming from the like sub waiter level workers there that mm -hmm. it, it could have been even worse, but they were just not listening. Ugh, Cincinnati. No fire alarm. You know, we used to play in Southgate all the time at the legendary Southgate house. Um, Southgate? What that? Southgate. Well, Southgate, Kentucky is where uh, the actual oh. event happened because it's oh, across the street. Across it's the street very confusing because like our airport is in Kentucky, uh, CVG. Like there's a, lot, it's, there's a lot of confusion going. We talked about this. We talked about the Prince Benz Bridge. That's right. That's right. And the Southgate house was this old mansion up on a hill, which was like the cool indie rock uh, venue for Cincinnati, you just had to go across the bridge. I That's also where you see. would get the Cincinnati chili. The good chili was across the The chili street. with the cinnamon. There's a yeah. thing I used to say to my lady friend, um, and I, I was just kind of talking out of my ass, but I, I, it's something that I used to say that made sense to me, and now it totally makes sense to me, and I think might be one of the most profound things I've ever thought or said, which is this. Oh, there. Wow. So, no, no, hold, we got a little, hold, we got a little kid. We got a little kid in the 20s, in the 2020s, right? Or in the 20-teens. Tarp, tarp, tarp. Yeah, see? Uh, okay. <laughs> money machine, counterfeit money machine. <laughs> sports bra, sports bra, lifts and separates. <laughs> um, it's a... So, like, my... Uh, I, I have two anecdotes, but I'll only do one. Well, the quick anecdote is that um, uh, my wife is from Rhode Island, and she was raised a scant five miles from that link that I sent you. A scant five miles from Bristol, Rhode Island. From the which, oldest uh, 4th of July parade in the country. Purported to be the oldest 4th of July parade. And, like, their center line down the road is, like, red, white, and blue. It's really cool. Oh, that's It's a funny. really big deal. And I don't... I, I mostly was just going to say some unkind things and laugh a little bit. The band's... That appeared at the 2021 Bristol Fourth of July concert series. Have you ever seen that meme where, like, you'll show like you see like a Coachella poster? It's like a parody of a Coachella poster where it's all fake band names. And, oh yeah, like, that's fun. That's but a this fun, is like the meme. the sort of regional Rhode Island version of that, where bands include Steve Smith and the Nakeds, hmm. the Accused. Back in the what? day, band. Wait Barefoot. a minute, not the not the Accused. The the, the Accused. One, two, three, four. Uh, seven day weekend. Seven day weekend. 
Crushed yeah. Velvet, Changes in Latitude. I have a pretty good guess what kind of music they play. Yeah, me too. Country Wild Band. Uh, Colby James and the Ramblers. I don't know if you ever caught them. I, I bet you they're pretty good. Barfly, and of course the DMB Project. A which lot of bands could be from, a Dave from Geneseo, New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the thing I used to say to my wife, changing topics here, is, you know, it's, as people who did, we did attachment parenting, right? We did the whole Dr. Sears thing. We didn't do all the way to, like, we never set our kid down for two years. But, you know, we believed in that. And I'm really grateful that we went that route. It worked out great. But that made us sort of um, preternaturally predisposed to being helicoptery. Yes. You know, like she quit her job for five years and like, and we, not all of us, all three of us are so grateful that she made that sacrifice to like be yeah. with our kid all the time. But that makes it, I think, arguably a little harder. We've got an only yes. child. We're older than we were, uh, would have been the previous couple generations. You, right. know, you didn't she, have six kids, so you forget the name. Well, of that's the exactly one. it, John. Is that she was raised, you know, a scant five miles from Bristol, where like they weren't allowed to come in the house till the streetlights came on. They were on a <laughs> they were on a cul de sac <laughs> by you know by not Horseneck Beach, but they were basically near. I think it was maybe the Barrington River, but they had this impossibly large, like almost like a dome of biomes to play in. Right. And like it was all entirely safe. Everybody knew each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, it was factually, at a time when when dogs weren't allowed in the house either. Well, dogs these were different had, times, and then you would names, put the cat out, they, put the cat out, put the daughter out. She's the youngest of seven, so she's already covered with mud all the time. <laughs> right, all the care, all the care was spent in the late fifties. Um, but when we very first started having these uh, sort of tenuous experiments with, you know, let's let well then Eleanor, Eleanor needs to go. You know, sometimes be, just be in the yard. And that yeah. was hard. But like when it got to where she would cross the street with our help or eventually without our help to go to the Confederate uh, soldier park. Right. And like so, we to would get- dig around and see if she can find any hypodermic needle. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> pop tops, but yes. It's not needle less. But mm-hmm. uh, the thing, the point being, um, I, I, I would say to her, I said, I think this is really important, just to state the obvious. I said, I think this is really important because she's getting practice at being away from us. Are you are you whispering this into your wife's ear as you both stare at her through the front window? Oh yeah, but eventually, like I say, she would go in like dress as a dress as a woodland creature and hide behind a tree. She would be like a regular Wes Anderson character. But no, no, I would no, I don't need to over dramatize this because you can already guess what I'm going to say, which is this is important for her to rehearse not having us around in low stakes environments where if something goes wrong, uh, we'll see if she can you know figure out how to handle that, and if necessary, we can intervene. This could not be any safer. I said, but the other thing is, and this is the part you can guess, is like, this is even better rehearsal for us. Because even though, well, flash forward a little bit, she got a phone pretty early on. Uh, She was reachable. She was very compliant at like sticking with our rules as far as we could tell, or not rules, but you know, here's here's the way we want you to conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. But that the irony is that if your kid is good at that, your kid is responsible, your kid does have a phone, you know, it's like Alan Watts says, it's the wisdom of, uh, of insecurity. <laughs> like, you think the more you try to be secure, the less you're ultimately secure. And if your kid, the phone suddenly died, how would you handle that, dad? Well, I, yeah. might, I might be utterly freaking out because you know what? I haven't done enough of rehearsing uncertainty. If I rehearsed more uncertainty, I wouldn't be flipping out every time I don't have total information. And as a person with anxiety, it took me until the calendar year 2021 to realize that sometimes more information makes us neither safer nor happier. 
Yes. And you have to rehearse ambiguity. You have to rehearse lack of information. And that brings us back to, so what happened at the parade when your baby daughter, mother partner, partner was getting too close and maybe going to put on some sunscreen? How did it end up? The parade's winding down. You're wearing pilf pants. How, mm-hmm. how did it end up? Well, so I, you know, I did the thing. Did you ever see that movie where Robert Redford was on a sailboat going around the world and his sailboat hit a thing in the water and, you know, spoiler alert, got a hole in it. And it was an entire movie where Robert Redford was the only person on the screen. Yeah, this is recent. This is in the last 10 years. Yeah, no, I didn't see it, but I know of it. Yeah. He never spoke a word or he barely said a word in a, in an, in a two hour movie. Mm -hmm. And I, I found it a very compelling film. He's just there on a sailboat trying to keep it from sinking in the middle of the, you know, the Indian ocean. Mm, And, uh, he's just, it's kind of just sort of one thing after another. And he just never says anything. It's just an action movie, but he's, but the action is like, how do, how do I keep the water out of this boat? And one of the things that he uses in the early part of the boat is, is a sea anchor, which is, he pulls it out of a box and thankfully, or I mean, you know, um, on behalf of the audience, it's nice that it says sea anchor on the side, so your mind is able oh, to... Oh, I see. So you wouldn't confuse it with an upside-down grappling hook. Yeah, like, what the heck is this guy doing right now? But a sea it? anchor is just a thing that you throw in the ocean. <laughs> it's like Wile E. Coyote. But it doesn't... It, it's the, you're, you're, in an, you're in the middle of the ocean. It, the anchor can't go down and grab the uh, ground. It's going to be hundreds of feet. So it just sort of provides drag on the boat in the water and he huh. uses the sea anchor to free himself from an obstacle almost like flaps on a plane kind of like flaps on a plane and i uh, i was not aware of a sea anchor before watching this movie but after seeing it i started to think of a sea anchor as a kind of uh metaphor like i use a sea anchor all the time like what it what it is is you just oh, this is very i'm john i'm sorry i had to look no. this up it's no. not like a, a, ta- a popeye tattoo anchor no it's essentially a parachute drag yes. thing. there you go that's okay exactly this is not at all what i expected okay and so what you're trying to do is you know your your boat is out at sea and you don't want i mean maybe you want to take a nap and you don't want the boat to just go willy-nilly and the yeah. sea anchor just kind of keeps it it just drags behind and just kind of keeps it it slows it down i got it and so you know i used to say when it was time to get out of a party you know i would kind of like uh mime pulling the ripcord on my uh parachute <laughs> and yeah. just sort of like foomp and goodbye like i'm like a, if if you were if the party were uh, a building falling through space and you just hit your ripcord and you would disappear, right? You'd go right up through the ceiling and you'd be floating away and the, the, and the party Sounds would like something falling. Tom Cruise might do. That's exactly right. Cause Tom Cruise is on, the only person I know that would be in a party in a building that was falling. Everybody mm-hmm. in the building doesn't realize it's falling within the building. You're I thinking, see. and maybe oh, it's even, is, maybe it's even part of the plan. Cause you've got Velcro on your shoes. And so you don't, you don't experience. Oh, I see. I see. But so I started to throw a sea anchor out on myself when I felt like I was being swept into something or swept away. But I didn't want to put an anchor. I didn't want to get yanked. I just wanted a sea anchor to kind of pull me, give me just a little bit of... It's really subtle. It's not... I know I don't think this can stop the boat from moving, but I do know that I can have some confidence that at least slows things down and it forces me to be in a different mode. Yeah, right. It's not two feet on dry ground, uh-uh. but it's a little bit of it's a little bit of something else. And so, what I was doing with my daughter's mother was 
was acting as a sea anchor because as the parade <laughs> you, oh, twist you're the sea anchor i was the sea anchor oh shit dog. as the parade moved down the road mm-hmm. i just held her just slightly just i just slowed her down so at first she was 20 feet from our daughter with uh with two kinds of sun lotion in her hand and i was like that sun lotion is really screwing up your whole like anchor dress vibe here with the with the red white and blue and the handkerchief mm-hmm. uh you know your hair tied up in a red ribbon like just mm-hmm. slow it down you're with mr you're with mr nice pants like let's just mm-hmm. us we're our own thing now we had little flags and i was you know and i was kind of at the beginning of the day i was like dadding up the whole flag etiquette thing like look don't drag your flag don't put your flag your, don't, don't your point flag. your flag dad if it falls down you got to burn it boy scouts yeah, have to burn right. it for you know you. You, mm-hmm. here's the thing you only lower your flag if that's a if there's a funeral procession going by like get that is, is flag it, up excuse me madam is that a distress symbol <laughs> and so we're just waving our flags me? mom and dad and little by little that fire truck goes forward until you can only kind of just see the lights and i know our daughter is up there i know that her wheel is barely avoiding bumping the rear bumper of that thing she's Uh like you know she's working her brakes i know exactly where she is but we can't see her anymore yeah and so (laughs) you know but we're we have become part of the parade we're in the parade now this yeah. is like the mom and dad parade, and we're meeting our neighbors. We're seeing the young people. We're seeing the older people. A couple of people that I know like shouted out, hey, John, how's it going? And I'm like, I wear these pants all the time. And everybody laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> and then you know, the parade goes around a corner. The parade goes down. It goes around the corner. We can't see the fire truck anymore. Uh-huh. And we're just marching along. But because I have created enough sea anchor style distractions, uh-huh. she has, you know, uh, definitely not forgotten about our daughter and the fact that she needs suntan lotion. It turned out later she did need more suntan lotion because she got a little red on her nose. Hmm. Heaven forbid that a yeah. kid that a kid would get a little red on their nose. Emma, Emma got sunburned walking to the park two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's rehearsal. It's good rehearsal. But you, so you're the sea anchor. You're slowing things down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we get to the we get to the end of the parade. We know where it's ending. Everybody, we start to see the classic cars dispersing. The guy in the yellow Ferrari goes this way, and the guy in the Vixen goes that way. And and uh, there's actually a horse trailer there for the horses that were pulling the. Uh, I forgot to tell you about the replica stagecoach. Oh shit! Like, kind of, like a, not a kind of stoga, but like a like a Wells Fargo style. It was exactly a Wells Fargo stagecoach. Oh, I don't know where you find one of those or where you keep it the rest of the year. Paul Allen. The late Paul Allen. The late Paul Allen. You're right. He probably had 40 of them in a in an aircraft hangar. But we Donner get, probably Donner Party probably toured in that. <laughs> well, we get to, oh Donner Party the band yeah uh-huh. <laughs> the accused the accused the accused UK. <laughs> but we uh, we get to the end of the parade and she's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I know like. How far down the list of things that could possibly have happened or be happening would we have to go before we arrived at anything where she was in an unsafe situation? Yeah, I mean, like, it's not going to be – I mean, I'm thinking – for some reason, I'm thinking of that movie Girl with the Dragon Tattoo where they're trying to figure out what happened. I don't know if you saw it. It's a really good movie. Yeah, um, they're trying to figure out what happened with the girl. There's the photos from the windows and like there's this like v- extremely narrow – series of circ- circumstances and times that could explain why, where she might be and why she's gone. That's not you. You're, you're no. not going to need Daniel Craig to forensic this shit up. No. Your kid's no, probably there and fine, and she's just beneath where you can see hide-wise. There would, there would have to be 
we would have to have gone past 5,000 more likely scenarios before yes. some bad thing could have happened in the middle of a parade. <laughs> and so, but you know, uh-huh. but that doesn't keep mom from kind of like scanning, scanning, scanning. And I'm like, look, she's, whatever she's doing right now, she has either found some friend or she's, but, and it turned out what she had found was what she described as a really cool playground. You've got to come see it. And she showed up, she showed up out of the, out of the mists and, (laughs) and, and the first thing she wanted to do was debrief. She was like, listen, here are the people that I saw on the parade. Here are the things that happened. Here's like, I need you to know about all the different, I saw this girl from my school. I saw that girl from my school. That's so cool. Oh my God. She must have been so, so not, I don't want to say proud of herself, but like, it's exciting. She gets to report back to you on something you didn't see. That's right. We weren't there. Yeah. She wasn't, you know, we weren't, she she wasn't getting suntan lotion so that when she saw the little girl that she knew from her school that was sitting on the side waving a flag, she could be in the parade and mm-hmm. be like, oh, hi, wave her hand and not have to be like, yeah, I'm here on the, at the end of a very short leash. Mm-hmm. And so it all, it, you know, the parade ended up. When I was a kid, I don't know if this was true I, of, for you, but mm-hmm. I was I lived in these tiny little places sometimes. Or it was 4th of July. I would always be in these tiny towns, Kingston, Washington, Fort Yukon, Alaska. And they all had these parades where, where basically a guy in a riding lawnmower came out. And then, you know, in the Kingston, Washington parade in the 1970s, they actually had a Nike missile on the back of a trailer because the Nike Whoa. missile base was on the top of the hill. And so the, the – No the, kidding. You know, the, Dang. Yeah, the – the guys came down, the Air Force came down, and they were like, check it out. That's Here's cool. a missile. Yeah, it was cool. But but everything else in them, you know, it was the high school marching band, one fire truck, and, you know, and a, and a tractor pulling a hay bale, and the, and the girl from the next county over who was Miss Teen USA. And then in Fort Yukon, my God, I mean, I think in the Fort Yukon parade, they actually put face paint on me and said, you're the clown. You're the clown. You're the clown. I was 13, and I was like, I'm the clown? You woke up that morning not knowing that you uh, would be declared the clown. They had a foam nose, and I ran around the parade throwing candy. I was the clown. It was maybe until I was the Red Robin. It was the greatest day of my life. That's fantastic. But now, you know, we had a small town parade. We had a silly-ass small town parade, and although I'd had my daughter in some major parades when she was little, this is the first parade she's going to remember. Yeah. And of course she will. Did you get any photos? Uh, I wouldn't let her mom get close enough to take a photo. So no, there were no photos of her in the parade. Oh. It's a thing that will go undocumented even better. It's so it's much a, better. It's the Snapchat you need those things. Parades. You need those things that go undocumented. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. She's you you got to have room for your own memories. I was in a parade, but you know, I'll take my word for it. I wouldn't mind seeing a photo of you as the clown. Oh, I don't, I don't think no, no, just sense. like I'd like to see the moment that you were first accosted by the, by the clown declarers. But then I also would like to see that kind of like uh, she's all that kind of makeover scene where they made you the clown. <laughs> you know, we didn't have cameras then. Oh, no, we, we, you had 110 cameras, which is like almost like not having a camera. You might oh as well have God, daguerreotypes. A, a 110 camera. Oh, you just. 110, you just like made, a little co, co, instamatic. Yeah, they you made it. my heart sing. I had a 110 camera. I took so. I have, I have a couple of pictures right here. Of, Flash cubes. Uh, and then, and then of, they lose all the red in the photos. And it gets I'm looking right now at a, at a picture of Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. <gasps> no uh, kidding. On the, on the Oregon coast. And I took it with a 110 camera. And it's, it's, it's right here in my room. Hmm. Yeah. Happy Independence Day. Hey, God bless America. 
Beep, 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 beep,